Hello, Saints. Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. Uh, and remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing uh, happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Exodus chapter 34, verse 14, the Lord said, For thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, capital J, is a jealous God. Now, most of us know that there are the names of God throughout Scripture, which clearly convey and signify and teach us who He is. And one of them that perhaps we don't talk about much is this one. The name of the Lord is Jealous. Now, what does it mean that the Lord is jealous in light of the whole of Scripture? There's a difference between jealousy, by the way, and envy. Both can proceed from a different state of heart. To be jealous, as Paul said, the Lord is over his people, I believe it's 2 Corinthians 11, means that he uh, lovingly oversees and watches over them, like a husband who protects and provides for and keeps a close eye on his beloved wife. When enemies approach or her heart begins to look elsewhere, he is quick to move in and to direct out of love and out of concern for that the integrity of that relationship. Again, Exodus chapter 34, verse 14. I want to encourage you to ask the Lord and to search his word concerning what he means by the fact that his name is jealous and that he is a jealous God. Notice in Exodus 20, that was Exodus 34, 14. I, I want to encourage you to become uh, intimately familiar with the jealousy of God. And, and the, these uh, scriptures in the book of Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's the first of the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue, and by no accident, but rather by divine design, the first thing the Lord says is, You shall have no other gods before me. Idolatry is spiritual adultery. And we see that that's one of the sins that kept the children of Israel out of the promised land, and it will keep any person who was once saved out of the promised land of heaven. Revelation 21.8 tells us that all idolaters will have their part 
in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. Let me say this. It doesn't matter what the idol is. It's still idolatry. When God is not first, he's last in your life. And you're an idolater, which will not inherit the kingdom of Christ, according also to Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. Notice in 1 Corinthians 10, the Apostle Paul warns New Testament believers of the danger of losing out and being shut out of the eternal kingdom of Christ by using as an example the people of God under the Old Covenant who, he says, committed five sins, any one of which will keep you out of the promised land of eternity with Jesus. One of them is idolatry. 1 Corinthians 10, I want you to go in there and obviously and always in the King James Bible, you'll find a natural acronym of the five sins that the apostle of Jesus, Paul, that is, named that kept the people of God out of the promised land. And he's using that as an illustration and teaching to teach us that the unchanging God who will share his glory with no man, Isaiah 42, 8, will not allow any idolater into his eternal kingdom. Here are the five sins listed. I want you to find them for yourself there in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Notice that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the natural acronym is found, L-I-F-T-M, lift, L-I-F-T, and an M, and perhaps these are sins and issues of our heart that we must lift to the Lord, lift them to him. Amen. Makes it easy to understand. And those five sins are lust, idolatry. Hello? Lust, idolatry. What do you lust after more than Christ, beloved? What do you desire in your life and in your heart today more than you are seeking and desiring Christ what is it of the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things that we don't understand that separate us from the living God while we covet and lust after the things of this fleeting world like a fish covets and swims and strives to grab a lure, not realizing that there's a hook in it? What is it that we think is going to be accomplished of eternal value by lusting after the things of this fleeting life? While we forsake Christ, the great Savior, who came and died and was buried and raised again from the dead as the first <clears throat> love of our lives. I've personally found that if I'm not aggressively, diligently, whether it feels good or not, today, Seek in the Lord while he may be found to search for him, to diligently seek him in his word and in praise and in prayer and obedience to him. Then I am falling away and uh, those energies and that focus is going in some other direction. Have you noticed that, my friend? The Bible says fight the good fight of faith and the way we fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life is we fight to keep Jesus and to put Jesus first, amen, which eradicates idolatry and adultery, spiritual adultery out of an adulterous 
heart. The scripture says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. The scripture says, um, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face continually. First Chronicles chapter 16, 11. I want to encourage you to memorize that verse. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11. Seek ye the Lord and, and seek his face continually. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. You know, I've noticed recently <clears throat> some of the best quarterbacks in the realm of football. Paul used three sports to illustrate spiritual truths. There's no sinfulness about sports in and of itself. And so I'll take that liberty right now to say I noticed some characteristics about two particular quarterbacks. They happen to come from or play in my home state, Louisiana. Uh, and that's going to be Drew Brees and Joe Burrow. They don't let past successes hinder present success. Uh, they're always and ever diligent at what they do. They are consummate professionals who don't allow the noise of the outside world to seep in or have any part to do with their own focus. And that should be the uh, disposition of the true disciple of Jesus, should it not? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 27, Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Notice, don't look left or right. But set your face like a flint looking forward, as some would call like a rhino. Uh, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 7, I believe. Set your face like a flint. Look not to the left hand nor to the right. Uh, remove thy foot from evil. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 27. How about Hebrews chapter 12? Notice verse 2, looking unto Jesus, that's where we're to be looking, beloved. Remember when Peter looked left and right, if you will, he looked away from Jesus while he was actually walking on the water, and he began to sink. Uh, Matthew 14, I, I want to encourage you to consider, friend, are you sinking today or are you walking on the water because you're looking unto Jesus uh, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Are you looking unto Jesus? Is Jesus the first love of your life? Did Jesus not warn the Ephesians, if you will, the Ephesian church? Uh, that he had somewhat against them because they had left their first love. And then he called them to, he uses the word repent and return to your first love. First love meaning first priority. The same as when Jesus said, but seek ye, here it is. This is a biblical word, very important. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you.
Is Jesus the first love of our lives today? Or is there an idol in our lives? Whether that idol be us or something else, it's always going to be us instead of Christ if it's idolatry. And then from there, it will be that our affections, the affections of our heart, are set on something, burning and lusting after something other than Christ. Notice again, Exodus 20, verse 3. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto, thy, uh, unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. There it is again. Visiting, and he will, to all idolaters visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. So notice, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I am the Lord thy God, I the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. And some people might say, well, wait a minute, I don't bow before statutes. Statues. Uh, well, the concept of Idolatry is spiritual adultery where we don't necessarily build a wooden or a you know, stone idol and bow down to it like Catholics do in many cases. Uh, but what we do is we erect the image of a false god in our hearts through false teaching and image, uh, excuse me, philosophies and stuff, something other than the pure word of God. Uh, and or we make something else more important than the Lord Jesus Christ, who said, I will share my glory with no man. Ex, excuse me, Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8. The Lord says, I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. You see, Jesus said that we must... Uh, love him supremely. He goes into detail about that when he says, if any man uh, come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his life, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, is Jesus actually teaching us to literally have hatred toward our own family members? I mean, after all, he's the one that said, honor your father and mother. And the, Ten Commandments and through the Apostle Paul and uh, Ephesians 6. No, he's not saying that he wants you to hate them. He's teaching here in Luke 14, 26, and in this passage, that in comparison to our love, which should burn toward Jesus Christ today, we uh, the love for others, which God actually commands, is to pale in comparison. You see, the first, uh, excuse me, the cross is first upward, vertical, and then it's horizontal. Think about the shape of a cross. And think about what Jesus taught, Matthew 22, 37 through 40. He said, you shall love the Lord. He's in heaven, right? That's upward, vertical. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your husband, your brother, your sisters, and all others. As you already love yourself. So he gives two commands there. Loving the Lord. And it's in this order of priority. Divine priority. That we're to be loving God supremely. 
having no other false gods before our God who tells us that he is a jealous God and that he requires that we keep him as the first priority of our lives. Amen. Jesus told us that if we put our parents, our spouse, our children, anyone or anything before him, including and beginning with ourselves, the most dangerous idol, uh, we're not worthy of him. We're not worthy of his eternal kingdom. Now, if you want to argue with that and somehow uh, hide behind some lie that you're some kind, you, you, you're in some way unconditionally eternally secure and it doesn't matter how you live after you genuinely got saved, then you're doing that to your own destruction. Jonah 2.8, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. You see, anything that is not according to the Holy Scriptures uh, is a lying vanity and will bring judgment in the end. Uh, in the eyes of a holy God, friend, an idol, again, an idol is an idol. It does not matter what that object is other than Christ. It is an idol and it brings damnation. Uh, that is an idol being something that we love more than. Than Christ, and if we're not seeking Christ today, we are idolaters. Some, some listening to me, uh, somehow have been schooled into this and uh, indoctrinated into this idea that Christianity is going to church, but that's not what the Scriptures teach. Jesus said, "Scripture, uh, Christianity, or following Him, if you will, is daily, quote unquote, denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following Him." daily perhaps somebody listening uh needs to stop going to church for a while spend sunday morning reading the bible for yourself seeking god in praise and in prayer with yourself and or with your family depending on your situation uh christ requires that he alone be the first love of our lives and so many times our uh religious or Christian experience, some call it churchianity, uh, begins to take the precedence in our lives. And we, uh, we no longer seek the Lord on our own. We don't have a burning desire uh, for more of him. Uh, you know, the psalmist said, uh, this one thing, he spoke of one thing. Notice in Psalm 27, we can learn so much from David, the man after God's own heart. Let's look at verse four. One thing, David said, have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house or the presence, not in a building, friend. He's talking about a deeper principle than going to a building on Sunday morning and following along with the curriculum. Okay that I may dwell in the house, the presence of the Lord, all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Amen. Verse 8, when thou said, he tells the Lord, when you said, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face will I seek. My friend, are you seeking the face of the Lord today. I want to encourage you to write on index cards and begin to memorize and meditate upon the words of the psalmist in Psalm 27, verse 4 and 8.
Luke 14, 33. These are the words of the very Son of God. So many of us claim to be saved by, but divorce ourselves from what he said. That is absolutely deadly. Luke 14, 33. So likewise, whosoever he be, that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Wow. That is a scripture. That is a passage. That, are the, that is the words of Jesus Christ, whom you will never, nearly never hear preached in the modern church. But that's what he said. And we have Bibles as he saw fit, and we are accountable. Notice, whosoever he be of you, whoever, doesn't matter who, if you think you're saved, examine yourselves to see whether you're really in the faith. Second Corinthians 13, 5. Whoever, whosoever, all of you, he be, that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Well, brother, someone might ask, do I have to give away everything I have? No, he's talking about forsake it as if it's not even important compared to our love for him. Amen. Our supreme love for him. Perhaps our prayer today would be, Lord, please forgive me of my idolatry, my spiritual adultery, my wickedness of heart. Purify my heart, Lord, and uh, bless me to count you as the very first and supreme love of my life. And to lift our hands and say, Lord, I love you. You are Lord of all. You made all, and you're Lord of my life. And I declare that right now afresh. I forget those things which are behind. I'm reaching forward unto those things which are before, and I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Right now, if never before, Lord, I declare you as Lord. And you're not Lord because I declare it. You're Lord all by yourself. But I declare that out of my life and in my life that you're also the Lord of my life. Amen. Paul said this as he magnified the Lord uh, and how he reveled in, he rejoiced in, and he magnified the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, but God forbid that I should glory, save or accept in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Friend, as we close, I want to encourage you uh, to relinquish, to give up all idols in the magnified, the one Jesus Christ who said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls from my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Will you memorize Galatians 6.14 and make it part of your life today? But God forbid, one more time, but God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. God bless you, friend. Thank you for listening. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, Scripture-rich, uh, edifying 
podcast on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with uh, uh, several, many books on there for your uh, edification in Christ. They're all scripture rich and Christ centered. Also, tens of thousands uh, of saints and sinners are being reached every month. And uh, your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit uh, our donate page on the site. And uh, uh, you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach uh, is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and uh, all over the world. And uh, may God be praised that uh, there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together, in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.